Hello and welcome uh, to Not Random. Yep. Mm, what? So hold on before before we even begin this, Jason. We said that Jason. <laughs> we agreed that Jason would count us in, but he and like usually what we do on random Nintendo and random Nintendo, one of us will count down like three, two, one, mm-hmm. go. Jason mm-hmm. said go three, two, one, begin. You threw me off. Yeah, for I don't know what that then. was. I don't know what that was. Yeah, I mean, I like. The problem is here we are and the recording's going and it seems like we're both talking. So the question becomes, what happens now? Because people could be listening to this if we choose. Wait, if we we choose? choose? If we choose to continue this bad start of a recording, the world to hear, they could be listening to this. Yep. So so what a great way to kick off not random Nintendo, not random. Also, I start with hello and welcome, which is my random Nintendo intro. But this isn't Nintendo, nor Nintendo. It is... An angelless episode, so we're calling it JK with Jason and Kevin. JK with Jason and Kevin. Although, it's like a, a nerdier, less adult version of the man show. Man. Do, do, yeah, that's, that is not at all is? how I describe it. <laughs> that's literally not how it would, I would ever describe it. But yes, uh, yeah, I don't know. Is the man show, are we dating ourselves by saying that? I don't know. And which know. one of us is Kimmel and which one of us is Corolla? Because one of them oh had a boy. much better career trajectory than the other. I was going to say, we could just use the second host that that there were, but I, I just realized, I remember that Joe Rogan was one of them. Oh, was he? Hmm. Yeah. In so. the podcast space, it almost makes sense. But yeah, I'm good avoiding him. Yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> let's let's scratch um, let's scratch everything that. Let's scratch that. Like, yeah, that let's just a, scratch yeah. that. But it's funny because we named all these comedians, we're calling it JK, and yet... I, there are no guarantees that there will be laughter to be had or jokes. Absolutely or, no guarantees. It's just our initials. Essentially, yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. So if anyone's tuning in like, oh, my God, Random Town did a pod- uh, comedy podcast, no. No. We <laughs> maybe not. not. Maybe yes. Maybe not. Hard to say. If, if we, you know, if we ever if we ever grow in the future, a, a comedy podcast may be, may be in the works, but highly doubt at this point. Highly doubt. And, and then the problem with that is we already took the JK name. So now JK as a brand is associated with the lack of funny. Meaning if we do have a comedy podcast, we need a better name than JK. Like me, LMAO or something. It could be Larry, Matt, Angel, and Otis. And we'll find some people named Larry, Matt, and Otis to complete it with Angel. Let me see. I'm, uh, let me see if uh, there is a JK podcast out there. Ooh. So, well, good thing we put with Jason and Kevin to avoid any copyright infringement. So there is... And good thing we're not... A joke podcast. There is a JK podcast that hasn't been updated since November 2nd, 2017. And then there's the JK experience with Josh. Oh, the JK experience would have been a much better name. It would, but it's taken as we just established. Well, this would be more of an episode title, not necessarily the entire true, podcast. True. You know, we could change it. I mean, we can change it. Nothing's in print yet. Nothing, yeah, nothing's been finalized. When people open this on their feed, there will be one of 17 different names. JK, Jason, Kevin, the JK experience. Yeah, just exactly. kidding. Who knows? Who knows? You'll, you'll have to, well, you already know. I was going to say you have to see, but like everyone else already would have seen it before they heard us. Oh, yeah. So that essentially, essentially everything that we have said so far has it's become a waste a, of time. Yeah, just a waste of time. We wasted four <laughs> minutes. Just yeah, talking about the solid of the, of the podcast. And and to be clear, everyone, this is not because it's not an Arnon or an Arnon. This is the quality to expect for approximately another I don't know, fifty four minutes, maybe. Yeah, maybe. So, depends. So strap yeah, in. All depends on how long we go. How are you, Jason? Yeah, 
I'm I'm doing all right. I just uh I just walked my Pikmin, which is a sentence I now have to say because of that new app. We'll we'll talk about it in detail around Nintendo. But I literally a, a phone app is making me walk because it makes little flowers appear. That is what my life has become. Well, I mean that's How not you? that's not too too <laughs> different from a phone making you an app making you walk because you're trying to catch Pokemon. True, or my watch making me feel guilty that I didn't stand up and in the middle of talking to people in my office back when we were in the office, I just stand up and make conversation because my watch would be like, "You gotta stand up." So, mm. I'm a slave to electronics is really the takeaway, I think. Are we all nowadays? Isn't that just a uh, black mirror? Yeah. Well, it's interesting that we say that because, like, today of all days, we're recording this a little earlier than usual. And today of all days, I feel like technology is like, oh, now you're really going to be a slave because Facebook did oh, all the God, shenanigans yeah. with renaming to Meta and they're pretending they're going to own the Internet. And, like, this whole Metaverse thing is just – I mean, what's your take on it? Like, do you – have an opinion of the metaverse it, it, it just seems like a buzzword right i mean right now it's a buzzword i'm sure in the future i mean i don't know because we've seen stuff like this before with something like, like playstation home yes and second life mm-hmm. back mm-hmm. in the day and then you kind of have it now with like something that it's a little bit more crude but with like vr chat on pcs and i'm sure vr chats on mobile if uh, mm-hmm. you could probably get it running on that so I think they had it working with like Google Cardboard, right? So like it would have to be on mobile. Yeah, I w- yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. So, I mean, the difference now is that you have Facebook backing the entire thing. So with ten billion dollars and a whole corporate strategy shift, yeah. Yeah. So I don't know that that'll be interesting to see play out for sure. But uh, I think no, go ahead. I, I think it's – oh, I was just going to say I think it's weird because like Facebook's making this play of this is what the metaverse will be. Meanwhile, you have like sort of half metaverses with like Fortnite and Roblox where they kind of organically became what they are now. I mean not organically in the sense like these companies are like, whoa, there's – you know, <laughs> there's suddenly Marvel characters in our game? How would that happen? But like slowly, just iteratively, they kind of got to that point. Roblox is probably the most organic because that's just people making games and making levels. And next thing you know, there's 55 different Squid Game inspired games to think, to play and hang out in. But um, I feel like that feels like a more natural way for this to happen than Facebook being like, well, we're going to tell you that next time you need to do some work, you'll be wearing a VR headset and your work will be on a virtual computer on your real desk. It's just like, why Why are you – like? It, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like there's one way this can go where it just grows on its own. There's another way – where they're trying to like pitch investors more than people. And I don't – like do people want this? I don't even know. It seems like a second – like to your point, Second Life, uh, PlayStation Home, VR Chat. None of those are like – I mean PlayStation Home shut down pretty quick in the grand scheme of like PlayStation history. So is there a demand for this? Like is it just like empty buzzwords? Is it like when uh, – I'm trying to think of when everyone was invent- was like thinking that, oh, augmented reality is the future and so far no game except basically – Pokemon Go has been able to capture it, and they're like all you know the Harry Potter ones kind of flailing. The Minecraft one Minecraft shut, down. shut down. The Harry Potter one, or I already said Harry Potter. There, there's another one that just shut down too. I forgot which. I think it's based on Settlers of Catan, which also like what? Wow, that's but, so um, niche. Jesus, I know. Like, what are they thinking? But yeah, and it's just kind of like is it? It's a big bet on Facebook's part, but I don't know if it's like logical because every the whole pitch is from like the corporate side of like oh all the brands will come together and we'll control the experience and you'll have everything you want within our thing and it's like cool but like what person's like i would love for facebook to control everything versus i just want this experience or that experience like it feels like the pitch is like the cart before the horse almost i don't know facebook has always sort of been this way i remember a long time ago reading that facebook 
they wanted to essentially be your web browser. And I don't remember if that meant that they actually wanted to integrate a web browser within Facebook or if they just mm-hmm. wanted Facebook to essentially become Google wrapped around this social, uh, the social media site where anything that you can find I, on Google, you can just find on Facebook. I think it was the latter. Because I do remember they did stuff like instead of just having you link out to a news story, they would have the news story be like – and Google did this too with a program called AMP. But they basically tried to make the news story live within their platform. So they do some sort of revenue share and this weird like you you split like the ad bidding and all this other stuff but will load faster and it will feel native. And all the Facebook integration will be right there for sharing it quicker. Or, or you know like with Facebook video where they're like, oh, we have all these crazy metrics for Facebook video. Look how long people watch them. And then it turned out all those numbers were a lie, and it was like they watched two seconds and moved on, but Facebook pretended it was the whole video and yada, yada. But anyway, I think that was that moment, and that's why Google like scramble and get Google+, Plus among other things, because they're like, oh, Facebook's trying to coach on us, so we need to coach on them. And I guess we're kind of past that now because both of them kind of stopped. Even AMP got shut down. So like, the Wait, Facebook, no, or the it Google has, program. has AMP shut down? Are you it's, sure about it's winding down, I should okay. say. It's winding down. Yeah, because I still so get AMP just yesterday. And they, they're the worst. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. I mean, they're fine, different. but like, they yeah, they strip out the layout. For the publisher, it sucks because the ad revenue is uh, lower because they're doing some weird rev share thing. And then what really sucks is this just came out the other day is um, Google was purposely holding back the load times of non-AMP pages as they like funnel you off Google. Of course So you would have were. to use AMP. And uh, then in AMP... They were doing some weird stuff where they're kind of monopolistically like giving themselves first pick of the banner ads because they obviously have an ad platform. So there's like all this shady stuff going on. And then there's another thing that just came out about how Facebook and Google were in cahoots about ad bidding and stuff with a thing called Project Jedi. Um, go look it up, kids. But yeah, it's it's just like it's yeah, it, it's it's this weird turf war, except they're also working together. But it's all just to control the whole Internet. And that kind of sucks because like. I feel like the beauty of the web is like it, it you know, it's de- I wouldn't say decentralized, but it's, it's, everyone has a shot at doing something. You know, we have our little podcast on it. We just kind of do our thing. And obviously Facebook's not going to turn down, oh, this random person, this random creator wants to help our creator economy and throw a podcast on. But, you know, it sucks if there's only like two or three power players, I feel like. Yeah. Have, have you been desensitized by all the Facebook misinformation stuff? Like, Every news article that comes out after a news article just came out last mm. week about the spread yeah. of misinformation on there. I, I feel like, me personally, I'm getting to the point where I see another article saying how they suppressed information and this kind of thing. And I just, I kind of like shrug at this point, which is which is sad that I'm shrugging yeah. this off. Yeah. But I, at this point, I'm like, yeah, we've known this for a while now, since 2016, since before 2016. I mean, I, it was specifically I think, the 2016 election that led to more people realizing, hey, maybe this Facebook thing isn't that great for uh, society. Maybe the internet was a mistake. Um, you know, maybe everyone doesn't deserve to be able to share their opinion, <laughs> says us sharing our opinions. Uh, no, but I think um, I think I've been desensitized in a way in the sense of everyone – you know, every story is kind of the same and you're right. It's like, oh, we knew this, which is almost problematic because if the majority of people are desensitized like us, the then, actual then new nuggets of information that actually would be a tipping point to like bury some of Facebook's decision – you know, to sort of like put an end to some of their problems um, are being ignored by the general public and Facebook knows that and they're writing it out like – 
you know, the new thing that came out the other day is they intentionally would boost stories, whether they're true or not, that got angry emoji responses instead of happy emojis or thumbs up like button things or anything like that because they knew the engagement would be higher. Now, in the grand scheme of things, misinformation is still the headline, but that, you know, the fact that regardless of if the information is true or not, they were elevating stuff that angered people to get more engagement, and people then, of course, rally around that anger, and it would usually be about something that's either sort of a tribalism thing of us versus them or misinformation or what have you. Um, the fact that that came out and everyone was kind of like, yeah, well, we know they do have misinformation, like that sort of buries the fact that Facebook was doing some other pretty bad stuff. And it's not – I'm not saying like we like should be – we as the public need to be better about noticing these things. I mean more like there's just so much Facebook has been doing. <laughs> That's like a never-ending rigmarole of just like constant, I don't know, shenanigans that are actually detrimental to society. Yeah, man. This definitely is not a comedy podcast yeah. at all. Yeah, remember when we were saying JK? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I'm going to drink to this. Give yeah. me a second. All right. Uh, my buddy's actually dropped off a, a neat little care package of uh, craft beers the other night. Let me see what I have. Ooh, I'm I'm drinking delicious uh, water, which you can find in any sink. So uh, you do not want to drink the water from your sink at all places, though. Flint, Michigan, you That's definitely true. do not want to drink. You can the find water it, there. but you should do it. Yeah, yeah like certain countries. Mm-mm. You know, uh, my uh, one of my coworkers got me into these little. You know how how people add like flavor like flavored powders to water just to give it a little bit of flavor. Mm-hmm. I recently got into one. It was like a black cherry. I, I forget the, the name of the brand, but it was really good. Only three grams of, uh, of carbs. I, I'm on the, the keto Genesis diet. Uh, so those are great for me. How's that going? Uh, it's going well. Uh, about a month and a half ago, I was 210 pounds. I'm now down to 194. Nice. Or it might Congrats. have been a month and a half. Yeah. So it's going well. Also, what really helps nice, is going to the gym. Do you – so what is the gym experience for you? Like how long – are you like a gym rat or do you just do the bare minimum just to be able to achieve whatever goal you want? I, I essentially You just, definitely mentioned the gym on the other podcast yeah. before. I, I I do very much do the bare minimum uh, and that mainly just involves a lot of cardio. So what will happen is I will head over to the – I'll head over to the treadmills as soon as I get there and I will put out an incline at a decent walking speed and I'll watch like an episode of anime. And then once that ends, I will start uh, my run, my actual run. And I'll see how far I can go uh, running without like stopping. Uh, you know, little by little, I'm starting to get my stamina back. I used to be able to run two miles without stopping before. Um, Funny enough, the last time that we went to Texas, that's when I was at my my best overall weight in like twenty years. And after that trip, mm. I just I just it went all downhill afterwards. The barbecue. It was the barbecue. All the barbecue. Yeah. And and they have a lot of good craft beer down there. So and they do have too. a lot of craft beer. Alright, so let me see what I have right here. I have uh Bottle Logic Brewing, which is one of my favorite uh uh breweries. This is Dark Rituals, a barley wine stout blend. Uh, then he also got me. This is this says Horus, so I'm H O R U S. So I'm assuming that this Horus Brewing is called Another Dose, which is an imperial stout. I like it. I'm I'm a huge fan of stouts. If uh, the next couple of beers aren't gonna. And also, this one is called Hypnos, which is another imperial stout from Livingston Co. 
Oh, it's from Mortalis Brewing. Interesting. Let me ask you this. Yep. Are you more drawn to the type of beer or to the to the gimmicky naming scheme or theme of the beer? Because I've noticed I skew – if it's not a sour, because sours are my go-to. But if it's not a sour, a, the, a good theme will get me regardless of if it's a beer I even like. Like are you, are you the same way or are you pretty picky about like I like my stout, I like my this, I like my IPA, whatever? Yeah, I, I'm very, very picky about it. Uh and no theming convention is going to, is going to get me to drink. Oh, you know what? That's not true. It, I guess it depends. I know, I know our, uh, Angel's brother Elvis doesn't mm-hmm. really like beer, but he will always go out of his way to drink that, um, Iron Maiden beer that they have, the Trooper beer. Mm-hmm. Uh, which that beer is all right. It's not, it's not the best beer, but you know, it gets the job done. I would absolutely drink the crap out of, uh, that RTJ beer. That they released with some brewing company. I'm I'm sure it's an IPA, but not really. The, oh, yeah, that was like a, a couple of weeks ago, yeah. wasn't it? A theming isn't yeah. really gonna gonna get me to to try a beer. I open, I'm gonna open up the Mortalis Brewing. Yeah, and, and give give us a, a flavor. Pa- do it like a wine okay. tasting, <laughs> even though that makes no sense because it's not wine. Like wine tasting. Oh, like, you know tell what? us about I, the earthy tones. I actually do not have the, uh... my uh, my drinking glasses here in my room. Whatever, I'll just drink it straight from the bottle. I know it's blasphemous for some beer snobs, but whatever. <laughs> I mean, no, I mean, Kevin, you could have totally lied. No one can see you. That's a good point. This that is, is a great point. But you know what? We're... You're just too honest. Yeah, I mean, gotta, we gotta keep our honesty's our downfall. We start a podcast by saying it won't be funny, and then twenty minutes in, we're like, and we're gonna tell you hey, all you the know things what? that you just hate. Just kidding. Like, yeah. I did have my my beer glasses here. <laughs> oh, oh, a tie-in with the name. Beautiful. Exactly. Look at exactly. that episode. Thing. Right. Beautiful. Uh, I don't think I have anything on here that tells me what kind of, what stuff is in here. Yeah, the, of the three beers that I have, this is the only one that doesn't tell me what kind of stuff. Oh, well, it says Imperial stuff, but I don't know exactly what's in it. All right. I'm expecting like a nice like sound bite of like a ksh as it opens like from a commercial or whatever. Oh, that's really good. But I... Oh, that's really, really good. Oh, it's creamy. Oh, this is delicious. I could drink this all day. I, I do not condone drinking all day. Do not do, do not drink all day. <laughs> we, yes. <laughs> we do not endorse that Dr- much. Drink, drink responsibly. <laughs> oh, okay. That's um, really good. What, what is it about these? So whenever I do a show with either just you or just Angel, well, previously it was just Angel, now it's just you. We always get on the topic of a very specific food or drink item that someone obsesses over. I remember when Angel and I did Power Hour, he spent 10 minutes talking about chocolate bread. Which he didn't even know the name of, which was the funniest part. Like he ran, he went, he like did a whole rant about how great it was, and at the end he's like, and I was like, so you know, I was like, what, what's the bread? And he's like, I don't know. Like what? How <laughs> do you not know? I don't, and he I don't, never followed up and said the name. I feel like food or drink is is a very good way of. I, I don't know. It's just an easy like talking point, you know. Whenever you're true, you're you're with somebody. Uh, me and our friend Victor. We, I mean, I wouldn't consider myself a foodie. He's an absolutely a foodie. Um, oh yeah. But like yeah. one of the cool, one of the one of the nice things that we just did recently was last Sunday we went to Smor- Smorgasburg, LA. Is that how you pronounce it, mm-hmm. Smorgasburg? Uh, maybe I, I assume I don't know. Have you ever been? It's it's like because it's two different words. I've never been, but I've always wanted to go. So uh, we went and we had barbecue from this place called Smoke Queen Barbecue. Really, really good. Um, I remember that this, this has nothing to do with the, the food or drink thing that were brought up, but, he, uh, I need to go to the restroom just to wash my hands. 
I, it takes forever to get to, to find the restroom in row DTLA. And on my way back, this was maybe at around 10.30 a.m., uh, I noticed uh, a young Asian man on his bench with his two kids and what I assume is his wife. And upon closer mm-hmm. inspection, uh, that actually sounds creepy. It wasn't, I, I didn't get like close to his face or anything. <laughs> As I creeped through the bushes and became more visible to them, but no, then no, no, to no. me. As I got closer to him, I realized, oh, that's Steven Yun. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. And, uh, just really quickly as I passed by, hey, Steven, love you on Invincible. And he said, hey, thanks, man. I did, I wanted to get a picture, but you know, he, he was with his family, so I didn't want to bother him. Isn't that like, I don't want to say the worst because obviously these people have normalized, but those that kind of suck when you do encounter. Because like I ran into um, Mike Chinoa from Lincoln Park at Nintendo's booth at E3 one year, and I was like, oh, I'm gonna like get a photo with him. And then like I turned towards him, and I'm like, oh, his son's right there. And like obviously they have normal lives, and I'm not saying they should always be on for fans and always be available. But in that moment, we're like, oh, someone I'm a huge fan of, and then you're just like, oh, right, they're just a person, and they have other people around them, and I need to let them be. Like it kind of, you know, what I mean, no, yeah, it kind of totally takes get. you out of the moment where you can have a cool moment, yeah. And then there's some... that's cool that you saw him, yeah. And then uh, it, it, it's always this one, this thing with celebrities where sometimes. Uh, I mean, I guess depending on the celebrity, somebody will tweet at them like, hey, I saw you here, but I didn't want to bother you. And then sometimes they're like, oh, no, you absolutely should have should have come up for a picture, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. But, you know, I, I didn't want to be disrespectful. Especially it was like exactly. I said, it was it was almost 11 a.m. on a Sunday. He was just there with his family. No one was bothering him. I don't want to be I don't want to be that guy. Right. Well, who, who so who's the coolest celebrity you have met? I briefly met. Well, I I don't know if briefly, man. I talked to him, but Tom Hanks, who was my favorite actor, uh, we interacted uh, a little bit once at my previous job. Uh, I don't know. I mm. I did meet. Uh, I have interacted with a lot of celebrities before. At my current job, I actually uh, interacted with uh, Jeff Kaplan, who was the I believe he was the director of Overwatch. And yeah, and yeah, I interacted with him. Him. yeah, yeah, I interacted with him when I was at like my That's peak cool. overwatch like fandom, but yeah, I've interacted so are with, you using uh, the term interact to mask like fanboyed out or like were you did you contain yourself or was it just like, no, oh my God, no, just rambling because, about all the characters because, I mean, I guess I could say like I met them, but I didn't really meet them if they do not know my name, so you know just right. uh just like, how good. are you doing kind of thing i uh, I like what you do. Oh, the, uh, I guess the, they didn't, they didn't know my name, but one group of people that I did interact with, uh, the longest was Glenn Howerton and Rob McElhenney from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Huh. Uh, this was maybe about two weeks after their episode aired on, uh, the Nerdist podcast. Mm-hmm. I remember them walking towards me and I noticed Caitlin Olson. I was like, Oh, that's Caitlin Olson right behind them. Robin Glenn Howerton. And I just said, Hey, loved you guys on the Nerdist podcast. And I remember somebody's, I think Glenn Howerton said something along the lines of, Oh, did that finally come out? And then they also had a friend out there and they're like, Oh, you did a Chris Hardwick. And they're like, yeah, yeah. And then, I remember Rob McElhenney, he, he looked kind of worried and he looked at me and he's like, be honest with me. Uh, how, how do we do? And I just told him, loved it. You guys were great. 
you guys are fantastic. And then he just flashed me that big Rob McElhenney smile that he has, you know? Yeah. And he was like, yeah. He was like, almost like grateful, like, oh, thank God. And he was like, hey, thanks, man. Appreciate <laughs> it. like a real then, fan has a real opinion. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then uh, they just went on their way. It's yeah. always, I feel like if there is an encounter you have with a celebrity, like, it's almost best when you do something niche like that. Because it shows, like, you're not just, like, wanting the, you know, you're not just like, oh, I know who you are. I'm going to take a picture of you. Like, you're an actual fan. You know what I mean? Because I, not to keep evoking Mike Shinoda, because that's weird. There's others I've met in here. Like, even Tom Hanks, I, I didn't meet, but I had an interaction with too, where, as I restaurant Beverly Hills, and, uh, he was chasing his grandson around the restaurant. It was Mother's Day weekend, and he was doing the Woody voice to the grandson as he was chasing him. And it was, an amazing moment to witness. But um, in terms of like actually meeting people, like again, Mike Shinoda, I bumped into him at a gallery show for uh, uh, Murakami, the artist. And, um, you know, I was like, okay, I get a picture. And he's like, sure. And he seemed kind of like, I don't really want to be a center of attention. This is like not my gallery show. And then afterwards, that night, he had like a random B-side coming out on Spotify or something. It was something that was available in like the Japanese release of his album, but now they were making it available more readily. So after the photo, I just said like, oh, hey, I'm excited for that B-side to come out finally. And he like, you could see the gears turning in his head. And then when he realized exactly what I was talking about, this this huge smile, he's like, oh, oh, okay, yeah. And he like got, he wore, like his tone changed completely. And there was nothing wrong with his initial like vibe. Like he didn't want to make a scene. He was just there to see the art. But then once he realized that was like genuine, it's amazing how quickly he lit up. It sounds like, you know, you had the same experience with uh, Sunny guys. Yeah, and and I assume that those are probably their best experiences, right? They don't. I'm not that not that somebody asking for a picture is the worst experience, yeah. but something like that must feel must like have it feeling good afterwards. You know, it's like uh, this totally. this is yeah. more of a true true interaction as opposed to hey, I love your work. Can I get a picture? You know, even yeah, just like even anything. just like the briefest of dialogues. I'm sure. I'm sure mm-hmm. they really, really enjoy that. Or sometimes they ask for your picture, which was a weird thing that happened to me in uh, Seth Green at Comic-Con where we were doing like the autograph line. And I don't know why, but he was just like, hey, we should take a photo. And he took his phone out and took a photo of us. And he was like, I'm going to text it to my friend. And I'm like, I don't know what's happening or why I just got a photo taken of me. But somewhere in Seth Green's uh, camera roll is or was me, which is odd. You know, <laughs> but you know somebody. I, I maybe it was his Instagram. The the kid from Stranger Things, the uh, the like huskier one. I, I don't know. I've I've never seen. Stranger oh, Things. um, um, um. Yes, he has the. Oh man, yes, I know exactly who he plays. Dustin. Yeah, exactly. Dust, Dustin's actor. Yeah. I I could have sworn when Stranger Things was coming out, people were like starting to approach him he would do this thing of like oh let me take a picture with you not the the other way around uh, so hmm. i mean he, he i don't know if he still does that to this day but he used to do that gaden uh matarazzo is his name or something yeah like sure that. but he, yeah, he, uh, he has an interesting background he was on broadway he did musicals before stranger things like as a young kid if i remember correctly i feel like a lot of people did right i'm not sure how he like pivoted tom, to stranger things tom yeah, holland he, was also a broadway he, kid Mm-hmm. Or was Tom was Tom Holland Broadway or London's West End? I mean, same difference really, but Well, he was a he was a theater kid. Yeah. And a good dancer. I mean that that uh lip sync battle thing where he did Umbrella by Rihanna and did a backflip in water. Yeah. He's do you, do you know what I'm talking about? Have you seen that? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Uh, actually, I, yeah, I, he, I never saw the entire thing, but I, I do know what you're talking about. Yeah, he's pretty good. I'm, I have to say there is something, and we've just been doing it for 10 minutes, but there is something kind of strange about, like, if you stop and think about it, like, the obsession with celebrities in our culture. Oh, yeah, Like, absolutely. the fact that it's like, oh, we saw Tom Holland do a backflipping water. That was so cool. It's like, all right, why, why is that cool? Like, yeah, it's it was just some random or, like, guy. It was some stranger on Hollywood Boulevard on Hollywood. Wait, is it Hollywood Boulevard? It is, right? Yeah. I used to go yeah. to Hollywood Where the Elmos live? Back yeah, in the, Hollywood Boulevard. Back in high school. And I, I was literally at Hollywood Boulevard last week. And, but What, what, what did what, you do what, at Hollywood Boulevard every weekend in high school? There's not – did you just keep going to the Wax Museum? Like there's not a lot there. Uh, Well, let me get back to – like to your Tom Holland point. Okay, it's yeah, like sorry. If, uh, yes, if yes, you yes, saw yes. some random dude in Hollywood Boulevard doing Umbrella – <laughs> like in water and doing a backflip, you'd be like, "Yeah, that's cool," and that's pretty much it. But when Tom Holland does it, you're like, you like clap. You're like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, you're like, "OMG!" Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, but to the uh, the Hollywood Boulevard stuff. Yeah, uh, when we found we found out that uh, it's relatively cheap. It was relatively cheap back in the day to get to Hollywood. It was only like really f- f- no more than five dollars, I think. Uh, the amount of like mm-hmm. bus lines and stuff that we would take, so we would just go out there constantly. It was mainly because we got really into comic books in, in high school. And so we would go to a mm. Golden Apple Comics, which was like one of the, one of the most oh, famous yeah, yeah. places. We would go to Metropolis yep. Comics. That's where uh, – I think that's where the Nerdists used to record their podcasts. Yeah, they were in the in the base, in the the base back, right? Along with uh, yeah, the back Kumail with, Nanjiani's with Kumail and uh, Yeah. And uh, Jenna Ray's uh, podcast. Nerd Mel, well. right? That was technically yeah. the name of the back room. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so we used to go there a lot. And then it, like, caught fire? Am I remembering that correctly? I don't remember. I'm not sure. It might have been after it shut down. Like, the studio or the... building caught fire. Yeah, yeah, like, the building. Like, I think Metropolis Conks moved out. I think Nerd Melt kind of winded down, but I think the space caught fire. But I remember just, like, some of those guys lamenting, oh, you know, all the history there of all the various things that were done with all these different people, and it's just gone. I, I really liked uh, Metropolis. Again, Comics JK, too. fun podcast, lots of jokes, <laughs> yay, fires. I'm having fun. <laughs> yeah, no, I just mean like we keep going down these like sad routes. <laughs> like, remember that cool thing and then it burned? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I saw Dune at the uh, the TCL. I, I don't know what the uh, what the full title is. I think it's the TCL, TCL uh, Chinese Theater. Chinese do they still call theater, it the, yeah. the Chinese Theater? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, they do. For some what, reason, how was that experience? Because I've only been there once. Oh, you've only been there once. What what movie did you see? I've there? only been there once for Interste- uh, Interstellar. Oh, I guess if they're there, yeah, that's that doesn't seem like a bad movie to see in that theater. No, um, <laughs> I have been there. I think that was my sixth time being there. I saw Endgame there. Wow. I saw which that was probably one of the best like movie experiences of my lifetime. Um. Oh more, yeah, the crowd more moments? the atmosphere. Like, yeah, exactly. Um, did you did you go opening night or? I think we did opening weekend. Opening I weekend. think it might have been on a Sunday. Yeah. I I don't remember. I'm pretty sure I, it was opening I, weekend. I cannot imagine ever going to a movie again with the reaction from a crowd and the kind of feeling of that moment and that like vibe as you know the big climactic moment with Avengers Assemble in Endgame. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't think that will ever be taught. That was, like, insane. But anyway, sorry, you're listing them off. So that was yeah. one of the six. So so that was one of the six. Uh, Mad Max, Fury Road. Love that movie. Mm. That was where I saw that. Great movie. Uh, what else? Godzilla, 
got uh, what was the, the second Godzilla King of King of the Monsters, which I don't really care about uh, that movie. Yes, yes. And I feel like I must have seen a thing or oh, you know what? I saw uh, Captain America Civil War there as well. I think that might have been the first that time that I went random, to that but theater. Okay. <laughs> it, that I was invited to that one. That wasn't like me planning mm. playing this one out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, yeah, had a great time. That movie is a. Uh, pretty pretty visually stunning and it's funny me and i went with uh, angel's brother elvis and as soon mm-hmm. as we sat down in our seats the movie started playing which was like like to the second part to to the exact second yeah it was great because uh beautiful I, I i gotta have some popcorn whenever i go to the theater a movie theater you know yes it's yes it's people bad for my diet, like i go with people and they're like but, why you know, like angels go. like that yeah angels like that where i'll be like should we get some popcorn like no and i'm like wait you're at a movie theater. Like that's part of the experience is you have to stuff yourself with this like, you know, salty crunchy thing. Like you can't just not do it. Like it's it's so strange that I every single time just like you have to get popcorn. Yeah, exactly. I, I it's just it's just part of the movie experience, you know. It's it's the experience. Yeah, I mean at that point you can just watch it at home. I mean not really. There's other reasons to go to the theater, but well, I guess to that point. So so you go to uh, TCL a lot. It sounds like with Dune, you must have seen it in IMAX. I'm guessing. Oh yeah, that's. that's I mean, that's the only. With like, I think that's the only theater that they have. Unless they have some others off to the side. I'm not too sure about that. I think that might be it. I think that might be it. What? Uh, so is IMAX your preferred? Because now there's like 12 different formats, right? There's IMAX. There's Cinemark XD. There's 4D. There's like Dolby Atmos, Dolby Vision. You know, like, do you have a? Is IMAX the one for you? You know what? I your favorite format? I, I saw something in Dolby Vision. I forgot what I saw, but it looked amazing in Dolby Vision. I think that's the way that I want to see movies from now on, specifically mm-hmm. in Dolby Vision. Mm-hmm. Like I, I understand that the screen isn't as big, but man, those colors just look great. I crap. I'm I'm having such a hard time remembering what we saw. This is gonna bug me until I, I figure actually... it out seen Dolby Vision, but that's that's kind of what I was trying to figure out. So I haven't seen Dune yet, and I'm sure when we both see it, we'll go deeper on an R- uh, Ram Nintendo about it. Yep. But I I spent like 40 minutes, I'm not exaggerating, researching the best way to see it and which theater. And what's really confusing is like some theaters have all the options. So the AMC at Century City here in LA has IMAX with laser in 4K, so laser projector, and that looks great. And it has Dolby Vision, which also looks great. But apparently some people are like, oh, well, if you see it in IMAX, and this is how Nate Grady I was getting, if you see it in IMAX, like there may be a little light leak from the right because of the exit signs. There's a little red on the screen. But if you see it in Dolby Vision, the shadow of the handrail at the bottom of the seats gets on the screen. And it's just like, why is this so difficult? Remember, it used to just be like, I'll see a movie. And that was the end of the sentence. Now it's like 12 different oh, yeah. formats and 4K and 4D and smell vision And like, you know, it's I, I get why. In okay, the sense so. of like, you need to make a premium experience because people stay home, but it's a lot. It's yeah. A lot. So, so the movie that I saw in Dolby Vision was uh, Shang Chi, which oh, great movie. That'd be a good one to see. Yeah, especially Vision. the uh, yeah. the crap the the scaffolding Back third, the scaffolding. Oh scene. yeah, with the yeah. neon. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that reminded me so much of uh, um, what what's that James Bond movie? Not Spectre, the other one, Skyfall. The one before Skyfall. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Cause there's a scene that's neon lit like that as well in Skyfall. And it was like, it's such, I, every movie can do that. Like I want to see last night in Soho just for the neon lighting. Like any movie that does that, I'm sold basically. Like, did you see Blade Runner 2049 in theaters? I did. 
I did. I think I saw it. I'm trying to remember if I saw it in IMAX or not. But I, yeah, that the cinematography of was that um was that Deacons? That that was, did it? Yeah, Richard that was Deacons, 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 right? That was Deacon. I think yeah, he came he, out of retirement. He, oh yeah, that, right. De- uh, yes, but then he went on to do that World War II movie as well, the um, Dunkirk. Gotcha. Which gotcha. he didn't do the colors in the same way, but the shadow, like when they're doing the bombing run on that abandoned town and the shadows and the way the lights are hitting them. He is, he might be like, I never thought I'd say I have a favorite cinematographer, but like he might be it. Cause like everything he does, I just love like Blade Runner, the color palette, like the, the shadow work in, in Dunkirk. Like it's just, wait, is it Dunkirk? It's not Dunkirk. It's 1917. My bad. 1917. Uh, I mean, he could have worked on Dunkirk and I, I would have believed it. Yeah, no, I meant 1917. Cause that's one with the bombing run with the lighting and stuff. Um, from, uh, who did 1917? Was it Sam Mendes? Yeah, yeah, that was, yeah, that no. was Sam Mendes. Yeah. Yeah, like like any anything you can say, it could he can literally do cinematography of like just an ant walking across some grass, and I and will he'd be make it. In. Yeah, actually, he'd that he'd make it cool, look amazing. But, yeah, he like it looked like it was the most like spectacular thing you've seen in your life. Yeah, uh, and I'm, I'm not, hoping I know he's not doing Dune, but I get his vibe kind of from Dune. Yeah, I'm not he's not. Sure, Dune, I'm right? not sure. Dune else. Yeah, it's somebody else. I'm trying to look it up right now. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Great, Craig Frazier, who did mm, these right, but he's paired um, with, but he's paired with the director who did Blade Runner nineteen forty seven or nineteen. Wow, I'm mixing up all my days. Twenty forty seven. So you know, there's some of that Deaconism, Deaconism kind of like rubbed off on him, I guess. Although his style too, Dennis, however you say his last name, Dennis Villeneuve. Yeah, Villeneuve. Yeah, I think that's it. Like his style is also very similar to Deacons in terms of some of the shots and stuff. So. Yeah. It's all that, that's, that's, yeah. So. It's just like, it's like perfect wallpapers that just move from one to the next. Yeah. So. Like all of them would look great on the back of a laptop. <laughs> so Greg Frazier, uh, looks like he's done, I, he's got a sort of a mixed bag. Let me in, which he did with Matt Reeves, which was the, uh, let the right one in, uh, American adaptation. Uh, killing them softly, which was that Brad Pitt movie, Snow White and the Huntsman, which, Okay. Uh, well, he did that. Okay. Yeah. Zero Dark Thirty. <laughs> yeah. His 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 resume is all over the place. Rogue One, uh, which oh. is the only Star the Wars best movie that of I the like. new Star Wars movies, and the, and the only one that I will actually ever watch again. Uh, Vice, which was that uh Dick Cheney movie, Dune, and then he's hmm. uh working with Matt Reeves again for the Batman. On the Batman. Yep. Yeah. And the Batman again has that same sort of like any like the trailer for it has the same sort of any one shot in that trailer would make a gorgeous wallpaper. Like it's just frame by frame. I haven't have awesome not seen looking the trailer. shot after the next. Have not seen the new trailer. I will not spoil it for you because I know you're not trying to, but it, it visually looks really cool. Yeah. I I'm I'm trying yeah. to not see the trailer for stuff that I'm super excited. I saw the uh the trailer that came out last year and that was enough mm-hmm. for me to be like, Okay, I'm sold. I, I don't need to see anything else. I will say there's a discourse that has popped up, and it's not a spoiler, but there's a discourse that popped up about what the film is supposedly going to be based on what Matt Reeves has said and what the trailer represents it as in terms of, you know, the the tone of the movie. So you might it might have been smart of you not to watch the trailer if for no other reason than because it may change your expectations only to have them snap back to what you probably already originally expected. So it might like be like a swerve that's unnecessary. So you probably made the right call. Robert Panson is. A Batman, a Bruce Wayne that I didn't know that I needed. I I, I love Robert yeah. Pattinson. I'm amazed at his post Twilight career. It it there's like some actors that you think are just gonna get stuck in a rut, and he overcame it 
honestly, Daniel Radcliffe overcame it after Harry Potter. Like he just he did some interesting stuff afterwards, some kind of quirky stuff. There are like different ways they overcame it. Like Pattinson went kind of more artsy, but like, yeah, it's it's crazy when some of these actors actually like grow into something so much better than the one franchise they were known for. I I particularly like that Robert Pattinson, whenever he gets the chance, will just drag the Twilight movies for the, uh, <laughs> in my opinion, for the trash that they are. I've seen those movies. I saw the first one, and then I said to myself, I might as well see the other three because what use is my knowledge of the first one? It, it's almost... You gotta see it through. My, yeah, I gotta see it through at this point. Uh, but yeah, I, I love hearing him slag off the, the movies whenever he can. Even in the, uh, every now and then it'll pop up on Twitter of like the director's commentary of some of those movies. And even in there, he's like throwing shots at how the movie was made and stuff like that. Which yeah. is so funny because there's so many people who don't know because his stuff he's done post Twilight is rather, you know, indie or, you know, a little more niche. There's so many people who are like, Oh, sparkly Batman or, Oh, the vampires, Batman, you know, oh, all yeah, that. Exactly. Like, oh, blah, blah. just like, that it's so like, he's aware of his past. He yeah. jokes about it. He's overcome it. Like give the dude a chance. If you haven't seen anything else, like clearly he has a great career trajectory now. Yeah. Like the lighthouse. He's amazing in that. Yeah. Tenet. Yeah. It, he's probably the best part of Tenet. Uh, good time. Have you ever seen good time? I have not, but I remember when we saw Tenet and we talked about on our, like we separated this off, we talked about on Arnon and you kept mentioning that I need to see Good Time and then I completely forgot after the recording until just now. So I should probably go back and watch it sometime. Yeah, Good now. Time. Same directors of, uh. Some Good Time. Of, uh, crap, what's that movie that is so polarizing? Uh, Adam Sandler. What's his name? What's the movie's name? What? Adam Sandler? Uncut Gems. Oh, Uncut Gems. Wait, oh, that's when we talked about it in the context yeah. of Uncut Gems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love Uncut Gems. I interesting. I mean, one, I'm a I'm a I, weekend I really like fan, it. so I'm a biased going in. But no, I really liked it just because I've never sat in a movie theater and felt so tense for so long. Like every choice Adam Sandler was making, she's like, "Why are you doing that?" And it was like, like physically, like I felt so tense. And even in like ten, like thrillers and horror movies, I don't feel tense like that. Like it was a feeling I never had from a movie, and I just was like, like afterwards, I felt exhausted. Like coming out of the theater, I'm like, "Oh my god!" Like that was <laughs> that was a lot. Like I had to like breathe out, but. Yeah, I, I think just that experience and it feeling like that is what really made it stick with me. And the weekend being in it, but you know. And the weekend being. Have you ever seen the weekend? And Life? the weekend. I have. I saw him on the uh, Starboy tour, uh, which was two albums ago. Now, um, he was supposed to do one for his next album, After Hours, which was obviously when he really blew up and had the Super Bowl show and blinding lights and all that. But he just canceled that last week because they're upgrading the size of the tour to a stadium tour, so they kind of. To be a little cynical, right? Sorry, fans who waited two years and already paid for good seats. Now you need to pay a little more for the same side, the same spot, but in a bigger stadium. Oh so. yeah, I, oh that that yeah. does suck because you know usually mm -hmm. and uh, System of a Down just did this with their their show after their lead singer caught COVID that they canceled their LA shows. But you know, tickets will be uh, what's what's the word that they always use? Their their tickets. Uh, 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 they'll be not valued, but they'll be. Uh, uh, yes, they'll be honored. There we go. Honored. Perfect. Thank you. Yeah. 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 Their, their tickets You're will welcome. be honored. Exact same seating. So having to upgrade your seats, that, yeah, that kind of does suck. So, so in the weekend's defense, uh, anyone who bought a ticket for the last after hours tour will get 
first dibs at a ticket for After Hours Till Dawn. That's the name of the new tour because it's going to combine the After Hours album, which had okay. blinding lights and all that, with his upcoming album that's maybe called The Dawn. He keeps referencing it as The Dawn, but never said that's the name. Um, so there is first dibs, but I'm just thinking like if you're in a stadium, getting that – because I had like floor seats, like pretty close. So where was he if supposed to play? stadium – uh, Staples, and now they're moving okay. it to undisclosed stadium that they'll announce at a later time. I'm going so to assume SoFi. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I feel bad for the Rose Bowl. They used to have all these big stadium shows, and then SoFi came to town, like you know, black, during the and pandemic. It's just and so eating far, everybody's lunch. Everyone's ditching it. Yeah, I mean, like even Coldplay, up. they do the Rose Bowl. They ditched it for SoFi. Yeah, and then uh, I know Microsoft Theater is also about to get its lunch heat in because they just opened up the YouTube Theater just on that yep. same uh, on that same campus. And conceptually, this is all great because where I used to live before I moved to my apartment was like 20 minutes from this entire entertainment complex, the Forum, (laughs) SoFi Stadium, YouTube. And then right as I moved to be closer to L.A. essentially, not that's not the reason, but I happen to be, you know, now I'm 20 minutes from Staples, Microsoft Theater, L.A. Live, the convention center, all that. They move all the shows back to where I used to live. Back to Inglewood. Why are you doing this to me? Yeah, now it's in Inglewood, which is closer to my old home. So... Um, oh, boy. but yeah, it's, it's, it's been nice going back to concerts though, to be honest. I mean, have you, you probably worked them cause, cause of your job, but have you had the opportunity to like go to a concert since COVID kind of I, not ended, but since the world started reopening a little, so not, not like a full blown concert. Uh, but I have gone to a show in, uh, in Silver Lake. There's this venue called the echo and, uh, one of my favorite bands that I've been mm-hmm. following since their inception, they had their, essentially their last show, uh, I th- it might have been like three weeks ago. So I went to that, and that was fine. Uh, the Echo's a very, very small menu, and it's in Silver Lake, so a lot of hipsters around that area. It's in like area. sort of a basement, which is interesting. That, that's the, it's, that's, it's so thinking, that's the right? Echoplex. That's, that's, uh, oh, right, that's, that's the door. under part. Yeah. No, it's not even next door. It's yeah. just like the underground, which is uh, maybe about three times, four times as big. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Oh, so the Echo's actually smaller above ground, and the yeah, Echoplex exactly. underground is... Yeah, because that I saw – who did I see there? I think I ended up seeing Macklemore of all people there. And um, judge away. Go ahead. And uh, what was weird about that venue to me is like I've all – you know, in movies and stuff where you see like underground rap battle they're like in like a warehouse and there's like support beams. But this is like a concert venue and it has like support beams in the middle of the floor. And you're just like, oh, I guess I'll stand to the left of the support beam and hope the crowd doesn't sway me behind the support beam. But they had like, you know, like six of them down there, seven of them. And, but it's a really cool small space like – if you, if anyone listening ever gets a chance to like see like a club show essentially for like a major artist you like, you know, Macklemore aside, yeah. um, that's the best way to do it. Like I can't, it's so intimate and like, you know, even I saw Coldplay at um the Palladium here in LA, which is a bigger venue. It holds like a thousand plus or something, but compared to like the Rose Bowl with 60,000, it was, it felt so like, like special and intimate. Like, oh, I don't know yeah, how to describe it. It's just like, it's such a cool experience and you feel like you're more connected to it. And yeah, I've seen, yeah. uh, I've seen the Arctic monkeys, I think maybe about five or six times live at this point. One of my favorite bands. Uh, mm-hmm. and I've seen them at, I've also seen them at the Palladium actually. Uh, the Palladium, is that hmm. the one at, uh, in Koreatown or my, no, I'm thinking no, of the, the Palladium's over. Yeah, that's the will turn, which yeah. I'm actually going to be at on Wednesday to see a Conan thing, Conan O'Brien. But uh, oh, okay. no, the Palladium is that's on in the Hollywood. Sunset. Yeah. 
Yes, it's the one that's like a weird round ballroom that they just shoved yeah. the stage on one side. Yeah. And went, now it's a concert. Yeah, venue. pretty much. Yeah. No, but I've seen yeah. uh, the Arctic Monkeys at the Wiltern. I've seen them mm-hmm. at the Staples Center. I've seen them at the uh, the Hollywood Bowl. And of their best shows, it was the Wiltern one, which was their smallest one, you know. Right. So, right. Yeah, yeah it's and it's a- funny because the show could be basically the same, but it's just that intimacy. Yeah, absolutely. Like I literally um, in 2012 saw the same Lincoln Park show three weeks apart just by sheer chance. The first one I paid for is at House of Blues when it still existed here in L.A. Um, that one got destroyed for a condo complex or something. But um, – and, you know, House of Blues is a smallish venue. And I was like halfway back in the crowd. I'm like, this is really cool. I can't imagine this ever being top. And then like two weeks later because I was in their fan club um, – the X Games were in town. This is when LA still hosted the X Games before they moved to Austin. And Lincoln Park was the opening night act, and that was at uh, Club Nokia, now known as the Novo for folks who know LA. And they basically had the fan bay, the the fan club, which I was part of, get to go for free. So I was like, oh, I'll do it a second time, sure. Um, and then they only filled enough of the venue for it to be on cameras and look full because it was for MySpace. Really dating myself here. Uh, like the reinvented MySpace, like the Timberlake owned, invested MySpace. And, um, yeah, I was maybe eight people closer, like eight rows closer in the standing area. And that alone made the show like 10 times better, even though it was the exact same set list minus one song. Like it's crazy. It's just, you know, that connection. It's hard to top. Like it, it's, yeah, the closer you get, there it is. I mean, at some level, you might be too close. You can't see <laughs> the full visual, but you know what I mean? Yeah. No, and the, yeah. I'm I'm starting to think of the other times I've seen the Arctic Monkeys. I I saw them during uh, Almost Acoustic at the crap. I forget the venue that they use for Almost Acoustic here in LA. It's right right near. Um, it was it's it's now the Forum. It used to be the Shrine. The Shrine. I saw them at the Shrine. Yeah, they moved it to the Forum though. Yeah, the yeah, Shrine um, Auditorium. Yeah. yeah, and then I saw them at the K Rock Sound Space that they have. In Burbank, I believe. Oh, you got to go to that? Yeah, I, I. You like I was, won tickets? Yeah, I won. A, I won a radio contest. That's the only time wow. that this ever happened. Yeah, they. I got called. I was on the radio for a little bit, uh, so that was fun. Uh, but yeah, nothing's gonna be. Yeah, uh, that might have been a little too intimate for sure. Uh, compared to like the world turn. It's possible. Like it was like one of those things that I'm glad I did at that one time and was able to be like front row and really like soak it up. But I don't mind being a few steps back and seeing the whole stage with the lights a little more. Um, but yeah, it's uh, so. So is Arctic Monkeys the band you've seen the most? Yeah, absolutely. Imagine? Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I've seen, or it's they're probably the biggest band that I've seen the most. Uh, I've seen the Growlers, uh, maybe about yeah, about five or six times. There's this punk band that I listen to called Fiddler, which I've seen. I've heard of them. Four, yeah. four, maybe five times around there. But yeah, but the, the biggest band for sure that I've seen the most is, uh, Arctic Monkeys. I've seen them more than the Killers, and I loved the Killers years, years ahead of Arctic Monkeys, but I've only seen the Killers maybe about three or four times. And You uh, sound kind of like me in terms of you see a band repeat. Like some people are like, I saw them once, why would I see them again? Do you basically do every album cycle? You have to go back and hear the new songs live? Yeah, if I can, I absolutely will. Uh, yeah, that's the that's killer. Me. I mean, it, all, it also also depends on the killers. If or not in the killers, it oh, depends yeah. on depends on the album. I have been a 
big fan of their last, of the Coda's last two albums. So, you know, COVID messed everything up as, mm-hmm. as it did. So they postponed their imploding the Mirage tour, which I think I still would have gone to that tour. Uh, but like, it's where you work. You could sort of be there. Yeah, essentially. <laughs> no, but as a fan, not as an employee right, right, of right. that place. I'll be there. You can spy on me. I'll be there. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there's this tour that they're going to do at, at the stadium. It's still, it's still mm-hmm. technically called the Imploding the Mirage tour. So I don't know if they're going to play any songs off of Pressure Machine, but if there is a Pressure Machine tour, I will probably not be there just because I really don't like that album. Yeah. The Killers are the only band I feel like I'm in that situation with. Like, like I try, I can't even think of a good example right now, but there's some that even if the album's not their best, I'm like, well, I can maybe hear just one or two songs I like live, and I'll still hear all the old songs I like live. But yeah, it's, it's, I try, I guess the closest, and I don't even, I don't even dislike it, but the closest would be like, so Coldplay is doing a tour next year at SoFi, got floor seats to that, or floor tickets. They're not seats. Even though it's a stadium show, because their floor, in the most Coldplay thing ever, is a kinetic floor that will harness the energy of the crowd's movement to store in a battery that they can then use to help power future shows. That's 100% a real thing. It's kind of cool, but it's the most Coldplay thing you'll ever hear in your life. <laughs> but um, where are they going with that? Yeah, but I was like so gung-ho on seeing them. And then like I've listened to their album, and some of the songs are good. Some There's a lot of interludes randomly. Like It's not their best album. I'm enjoying it, but it's not their best. But yet... I'm still like, oh, I gotta hear some of this live. Like, I gotta go. Like, it's just like that weird fan fandom impulse, if you will. No, I get it. You're also sort of a creature of habit, right? Yes. Where, yes. Yeah. The new album comes out. Even if you just like it a little bit, you still you still go out of your way to try and see that live. Yeah, it's it's funny that I'm kind of like that. Yeah, because it's led to me seeing Lincoln Park. Until Chester's passing, I think even if you count their like uh, tribute show to him, I think I've seen like eight or nine times. I've seen Kanye like five. I've seen Coldplay oh, like five. Yeah, it's uh, I am very much like I'm very like set in my like I'm a fan of this now, and I go like all in. Like even you know even with Nintendo, if you think about like the 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 Ram Nintendo side of our podcasting, like you know it, we we have the running joke. I don't necessarily be all my games and stuff. But I'm like all in on everything about the like Nintendo culture and what's going on and always having yeah. to be on top of the newest thing they do and which doesn't necessarily make sense. Like I'm enjoy- it's like I enjoy the consumption the like absorbing of the new stuff more than I do the consumption of the product in full kind of. Yeah. Which is which is strange and at least I like to think at least I'm self-aware about that, but it's definitely it's definitely weird. Have you ever been to a music festival? Uh I've been to a couple Oh, you uh, did I, Life I is of, Beautiful, right? I no, I did um I did May in America when they did the one LA edition. Um gotcha. which is still my favorite thing. Like the city of LA, the mayor of LA, Budweiser who sponsored it, Jay Z who organizes it, they all were like on this stage. They did like this big photo up there, like, hey, we're bringing our major f- music festival, May in America, to LA. It'll be the first festival in downtown LA. It's gonna be a huge thing. They did it the first year. They had Kanye as a headliner, they had uh who else was there? Um I think John Mayer, uh, Steve Aoki, um, like they really tried to get a lot of different genres. Um, Wait, where was that? I'm getting at? a bunch. In Chance down- the Rapper. That was in downtown. LA. It was in downtown. It was at City Hall. They built the stages at the at Grand Park right next to City Hall. So it was like the heart of downtown. They shut it down for two days. They had Imagine Dragons. They had like all these huge acts. It was 2014, I think. And then it happened. The crowd was like, it looked big. It wasn't. I don't know if it sold out, but it did well. 
some flowers got trampled in the park. Like people were sitting on top of bus stops to get a better view of Kanye and whatever. And then we never heard about it ever again. And it just faded away. And it's still going strong in Philly. But LA made this huge deal about it and then just like shrugged it off like it never happened. It was so weird. But it was a really cool festival. So I did that one. And I did uh, Camp Flognaw, which is organized by Tyler Creator and Live Nation. Okay, yeah, uh, yeah. In the Dodger Stadium parking lot, which is actually a really cool place to do it. Because the stadium parking lot's like kind of two levels because of the hill it's on. Um, so you like literally are like walking around and they kind of dip behind the hill and go lower and there's one stage or you go back up the hill and there's another stage and they, one of them completely overlooks the LA skyline. It's great. Uh, but that one too, just mysteriously like isn't happening this year. Well, I'm sure COVID has, has something to do with that. But the other one that happens the same weekend by the same organizers in Vegas is happening. So maybe it's an LA restriction. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so those are two I've been to. What about you? than LA with its COVID policies. That's true. That is definitely true. Although interestingly, um, so I saw for um, my girlfriend's birthday, we went to Vegas for iHeartRadio Festival. That's why you guys did Rated KA without me. And uh, interestingly, at the T-Mobile Arena in Vegas, um, everyone was wearing their masks. It was pretty enforced. I It's an indoor venue, but it was very enforced. You know, they didn't have people checking, but it was very enforced. I come here I go see um, Curse of You, actually, Kevin. Free tickets to uh, Maroon 5. Uh, again, mostly for my girlfriend. No one was wearing a mask in there. And I was like, I know it's outside, but like, LA has the exact same policy as Vegas. Yet Vegas was actually more um, anything, on more top of their COVID prevention. Yeah. And yet Vegas was the better like citizen, if you will. <laughs> so kind of interesting. That is pretty interesting. Oh, yeah. man. Uh- the amount of calls so what festival- that, that I get uh, at hmm. the place where I work, well, at this point, if you do a little digging, you'll find out where I work. But the amount of calls that I get asking if, if uh, asking for the vac- the vaccine or COVID policies, I just think to myself, you people are worrying too much. Just get vaccinated. It's so much easier. It's so much cheaper. Seriously, but what can you do? It's literally free. Yeah, exactly. Uh, also, it's just one of those things like I – I was just going to say it's just one of those things that like I understand there's medical reasons some people can't. Like I do get there legit medical reasons sure. in some cases. But like no, the number of people that have died from the vaccine that's known is like zero. The number of people that have died from COVID that's known is like 600,000. Seems pretty simple what you should do yeah, exactly. in that situation. And, and yeah, even, But anyway, yeah, music festivals. Even if someone were to die because of the vaccine – that's still one in how many people have gotten the vaccine? Exactly, like two thirds of or, or yeah, that's, that's a, a drop in of America. Well, what's the term? That's a drop in the bucket. Drop Mark. in the bucket. Yeah, yeah. Come on. And yes, obviously, it would suck if you or a loved one were the yes. one person. But statistically speaking, you're more likely to get struck by lightning seven times in one week than you are to die from this vaccine. Sure. So, but uh, oh, yeah, back to back to music seems... festivals. I've I've been to yes, yeah. I've I've nothing major. I've been to uh actually me and me and a couple of buddies took a road trip to Arizona for a music festival that they have out there called Viva Phoenix. Uh that was cool because tickets were only like twenty bucks and we made an entire weekend who, out uh, of it. Who played it? I I assume it's like alt rock. Like yeah, it's alt rock. Of... It's it's alt rock, but but it's a lot of like smaller bands. So the the band that we went to specifically for was the Growlers and I believe another band that we that me and our our me and my friends love to see uh, the Alalas and uh, another band called Tropa Magica. And so 
that was cool, but like we, yeah, that that was a that was a nice little trip. Uh, there's another one that crap. I'm forgetting the name of it. It happens every now and then here in Calf in uh, L.A. Tropicalia. There we go. Tropicalia, which oh, is more yeah, of a, yeah, yeah. Uh, which is a more of a, a chill rock uh, vibe. And so I've done that one year. And then mm-hmm. I'm starting to think, oh yeah, the observatory in the OC has, uh, well, they used to have this one festival called Beach Goth that was also run by the Growlers. That's why I've seen them so much. Uh, mm-hmm. so just that, but, but never, nothing on the size of like a Coachella have I ever been to. Right. Yeah. I've, have you ever wanted to go to Coachella? I mean, I know it's super mainstream compared to your music tastes, or at sure. least nowadays is. It didn't used to be. But have you ever wa- had the urge to go? Oh, yeah. There was one Coachella lineup that was insane for me. It was like, actually, I think I might have found it already. 2011's Coachella, which was uh, on Friday, Kings of Leon, which I'm not a huge fan of. There's there's a couple of songs there that I like, but it had like the Black Keys, mm-hmm. Interpol, Brandon Flowers, and then on Saturday, oh, wow. it was Arcade Fire, which I love. Uh, Mumford and Sons, I don't care for. Uh, <laughs> then there was Kanye West, The Strokes on Sunday, Duran Duran, which I love my new wave music. So watching Duran Duran would have been sick. Actually, this isn't even mm. the uh, the lineup that I was <laughs> that I was thinking of. It was lineup, <laughs> it's still, where, but it's still a good lineup. Yeah, but that, it's still a that pretty Kanye. Good lineup. Coachella performance was like that's like one of the ones that's like in the annals of Coachella because that was when he brought the ballerinas and like was on a cherry picker in the crowd and like all this other stuff. Which one was the one yeah, that, that brought cool Tupac's? Uh, oh, that was wasn't that Dre a few years later, Doctor Dre? Maybe. I don't. Or maybe I'm misremembering. But yeah, that, I was very lucky was that that Kanye one. So, and watch how this ties into gaming because it's super bizarre. So he did that in April of that year. And then in August of that year, Activision did a one-time only thing as far, or no, one of, yeah, one time they've only ever done this, a Call of Duty fan event called Call of Duty XP. It was like two days long. You could play the new Call of Duty. I remember that. It came out. They took over. Yep. That was took like over in a, a hangar in, in a LA. Hangar, right? Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. It was, at, uh, it was at the hangar that was where the Spruce Goose was built by uh, Howard Hughes, like the big William plane. Um, and it's, it was used for movies a lot. Now it's actually owned by Google and is part of the YouTube creator space. Like it's part of that complex. But anyway, they did this concert or they did this whole thing with Call of Duty. They had like custom Mountain Dews made like in special cans. that said like Call of Duty XP. Like it was a big pouring of money into this event just to play some Call of Duty. But then they ended it the first night with Dropkick Murphys and the second night with Kanye. And I got a one day ticket because it was only a hundred bucks. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to see Kanye. I'll what a Call Duty lineup, dude. Minutes. You can. Yeah, I can't right. think of two <laughs> right? completely different artists to headline something. Uh-huh. Drop Murphy's yep. and Kanye <laughs> West. Jesus Christ. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It, it made no sense. But they were selling single day tickets. So I'm like, well, Dropkick Murphy's, they can do their thing. They have their fans. I'm going to go see Kanye and try Call of Duty for 20 minutes. So I tried Call of Duty for 20 minutes. And I'm like, I'm just going to wait for Kanye. So I stood over by the stage. Turned out he did his full Coachella set. He brought out Kid Cudi. He had ballerinas. He had pyro. He had all this crazy stuff. It was like the the thing that everyone was raving about for like three months prior. And it was like three rows in front of me and I paid a hundred bucks flat for it. And it was, it was the first time I ever saw him live. And I don't know if he's ever quite topped it. He's come close. But like that was, thanks Activision. Thanks for pouring way too much money into that because it was an amazing <laughs> Thank experience. You Activ- <laughs> Thank you Activision. Yeah. What, what year was this? 
2012. It was actually the week that Watch the Throne came out with Jay-Z, so I kept thinking, is Jay-Z going to be here? And no, of course he wasn't, but yeah, it was 2012, August. I was about to say, thank you, Activision, at 2012, but we don't know how far back their terribleness Yeah, let, let's modify that. Thank you, um, specifically whoever you, booked Kanye. Kanye. Thank you. <laughs> thank, thank you. you but person. even, see, even, even saying thank you, Kanye, in this day and age. Yeah, but 2012 <laughs> so just, Kanye was a completely different Kanye. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't say completely different, true. but like. He was a little more restrained. Yeah, exactly. Believe it or not. Thank I you, didn't think that'd be a sentence I could ever say. Kanye. Kanye West and the Dropkick Murphys for the same, for the same <laughs> event. I can't, Seriously. I can't think, Jesus Christ, Dropkick Murphys. Yeah. And whoever was like, hey, Mountain Dew, make some cans for this one event. Just spin up your can printers and like make a couple thousand of these special cans. It's the same Mountain Dew. They just literally made someone go print on aluminum for this one event. I think I still kept the can because I was. I think I still have it somewhere because I was just like, you know what? Like this will be worth something one day to somebody, to some I, Mountain Dew enthusiast who has like every flavor of Code Red, Code Blue, whatever. Mount Mountain Dew Code Red Zero is impossible to find. It's it's like I, it's I like drink, Ruby I Red drink Sport, zero, which I, is also yeah. impossible to find. I I drink uh, pretty much just zero sugar sodas now because of my diet. I'm I'm sure they're still terrible mm. for me, but what can I say? I still I man. Drinking the the regular Pepsi and regular Coke now disgusts me. It's insane how just my taste buds will just not allow for that anymore. But, uh, I yeah, I still do. I don't actually do soda much at all. But when I do, yeah, I still do the full on soda. Um, but I have noticed with some sparkling ice flavors, and I know we have a, a deep bond over sparkling ice fandom. Uh, I've noticed that with some sparkling ice flavors, as I've weaned off sparkling ice a bit just to have more like iced tea and stuff like some of them are too sweet now like the strawberry watermelon i used to love and now it's like whoa this is just like a jolly rancher like this is just sugar yeah it's not I'm sugar. starting to feel it's that a little whatever bit chemical they use it's, it's yeah. whatever fake sugar that they that they use in there I'm yeah sure yeah they're the chemical that will kill us 20 years early or whatever but oh yeah i'm sure again again morbidity on a show called jk, JK. three times now <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if anybody yep. was expecting JK with Jason and Kevin. Like, just yeah, we should have done like a morning wacky. zoo radio. Like, hey, hey it's Jason uh, and Kevin with JK. Like, just, crazy yeah. Ira and the douche. Like, yeah, style, style <laughs> exactly. Antics. Have a soundboard. Just have yeah, like exactly. slide whistles at the ready. Yeah, yeah, pretty missed much. opportunity. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, we've gone for an hour here. I think. Wait, what? What? How long did you and Angel go when you did Ray K A? Do you remember? I don't remember. We wanted to go for 47 minutes. <laughs> I know. You guys uh, went well beyond. Yeah. Just like no. we said we were going to do maybe an hour and we're ahead of that. Yeah, well, just um, by, by a couple minutes. By a few minutes. I keep – there's this thing that everybody gets on my ass about when a couple always means two. But I mm. feel at this point, colloquially, when you say a couple, some people should be understanding that you mean a few. Am I wrong in thinking that? I f- well, two things. One, I feel like the way you said some people, it sounded like you were doing a verbal subtweet of someone, and I don't know who it is, but good for you. It's uh, Elvis. But two, it's yeah, Elvis. I get what you he, mean. He's never going to listen to this. Oh. It's Elvis. It's Angel's brother, Elvis. <laughs> That's true. He'll never. Yeah. Well, you know, funny story. We're actually probably for our 20th, our 10th anniversary show. We're probably going to bring Elvis on the show. So we'll, we'll tell him not to prep or prime and not, not to listen to this. But um, yeah, no, I get what you mean. I think... 
I I consciously make the like when I say a couple, I always correct it to a few because I know someone out there is gonna be like, "Excuse me, I think you mean yeah." And whoever but, yeah, you want, it's, that's it's actually pretty doing much interchangeable. That, yeah, eat it. Okay, it's like, like <laughs> you know, it's you such know like well we actually need. sort of moment. Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, it's 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 just the natural evolution of language. Things don't mean what they used to mean. Yeah, exactly. I mean, sick is a good thing, not a bad thing sometimes. And it's up to you in the context of the sentence to figure out if it's good or bad. Like, you can do it. You can do it with a couple and a few people. It's doable. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Subtext is dead in this day and age. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Oh, the JK podcast, everybody. <laughs> Where subtext is dead. Yeah. Speaking of, uh, by the way, we dead. did exceed... We did exceed the record of KA by like three minutes. So okay, high five through the microphone. High yeah. five through the microphones as well. Uh, yeah. So I guess that's uh, more. Or less, uh, I I had fun. This is a these were yeah, great conversations. Yeah, that was a fun that little romp through. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was really it was really good, and it's it's nice because we'll still have all the media we consume. I mean, I guess we did music, but that's something that Angel never touches on. Um, yeah, I used to for the longest time think he didn't listen to music, and I just realized his music taste is just not the same as ours. Like, yeah, I literally like to do just a sit lot silently of, uh, at all times. Stuff. He does orchestral, he does video game, he does oldies. Um, occasionally he'll do, he's turned, he's gotten turned on to some Linkin Park, a couple weekend songs because of me, basically just showing him down his throat. But yeah, for a long time, like, do you just sit in silence? Like, how's this work? But no, he just, it's not a passion for him in the same way it is for us, and that's totally okay. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, it, it was nice to kind of touch on things we probably wouldn't have talked about with him. And then when he's back, we can go right back to our old. The old rigmarole. Yep. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So how do we end this? Should we plug, should we plug our Twitter? Should we uh, plug our podcast? I we should. I guess we should. Well, if you're listening to this podcast, we probably need to plug the podcast itself. Well, actually, it's a true, different show. Yes. Yeah, so we have a random Nintendo and a random Nintendo. And if somehow you stumbled across this without listening to either of those before, and you made it to the point where I'm telling you about the other ones, props to you. Because that's an hour and ten minutes of what the hell is this that you just endured. Yeah. But, um, yeah, the but JK we do podcast. have Ram Nintendo, Ram Nintendo. Yeah, the JK experience, except that's taken. Um, yeah, so next week will be a random Nintendo. It should be a good one. We have um, Mario Party coming out, although I don't know if we'll have time to try your... We're going to have to figure out when we talk about Mario Party, but there's other games. There's Tetris Effect. There's the Pikmin Bloom surprise release this week. There's going to be plenty to talk about. Uh, and then we have random Nintendo after that. And to make sure you don't miss any of them, subscribe to us on all the podcast apps. You know, uh, if you're not already. So we have Apple Podcasts, Spotify, which according to their own metrics they released yesterday, now exceeds Apple Podcasts in podcast consumption in the United States. A little fun oh. fact for the folks that made it all the way to the hour eleven minute mark here. But yeah, so we have Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pandora, Stitcher, TuneIn, uh, iHeartRadio, you name it, we're there. Amazon. We're also on YouTube, RamNintendo.com is the channel name. We are on Twitter at RamNintendo. We are individually on Twitter. I'm JSR7. Kevin is KVN Gomi. I feel like I just hijacked what normally on a non-Nintendo episode me. would be you saying all this. by me. <laughs> Less work for me. It's, so it's, I guess, does that mean I throw to you to for the final word instead of you throwing to me for the final word? I guess uh, you have the final word. What do we have the same final word? Let's think of a word. Let's, th- let's think Ooh, of the final word. What if we do that thing where we have to think of a word and we say it at the same time and we hope it's the same word? I'm with it. Okay. Do you, you want to count I, out? There's, there's so many words I can choose from. I'm, I'm thinking of just one word already. I, when okay, you said I got one word. word I don't think I, it's yours. It was the first word that came in my head. I, I don't I don't know why. I haven't had these in forever, but let's go with it. 
Uh, you want to count down? Wait, the wait, wait. That sounds like it could be the same word because I also have a noun I haven't had there, in a long no, time. There's, actually, there's absolutely no shot. Well, let's try it. Okay, right. three, two, one. Wait, are we going on go? Or are we going on one? <laughs> uh, we'll go on go. Okay, okay. three. <laughs> I start and end with a poor <laughs> countdown. It's called bookending. Okay, okay. <laughs> three, <laughs> two, one, go. Pancake. Asparagus. Okay, well. What did you say? This, this, I said pancake. Asparagus. <laughs> oh, yeah. God. All right. G- good night, everybody. Yep. Goodbye. It's been lovely. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs>